Parenting is work, like a lot of work, and it can be easy to feel like nobody understands. Well, I am here to tell you, as a mom of four, including infant twins, <laughs> that at the end of the day, we're all just figuring it out as we go. You are not alone. I'm Summer Shepherd, and this is, no, seriously, how do I do this? Hey, you wanna hear something crazy? You know, we've been doing this for about seven months now. Isn't that wild? And when we first started this podcast, we had already been in the midst of the pandemic for a while. And we figured, okay, any, any time now, it's just going to be wrapping up. And here we are. And so there has been something interesting that we've been noticing in the world is that right now, more than ever, there's two pandemics, really. There's COVID-19, but there's the mental health crisis. And those who always struggled are struggling more than ever. And those of us who never really struggled before are finding these new challenges in their day-to-day anxiety, depression, et cetera. And so what do we do about it? As Christians, we pray, we bring it to God, we take every thought captive. But what, what happens when we say amen and that pain is still there? Well, we're told to journal about it. I've got to tell you, I feel really deficient in journaling. I, there, I, I have too little time in the day, too small of a house and too many kids, right? It just never seems to be the priority. And then when I can't do it consistently, I don't do it at all. And so where do we turn? Where do we go when life gets hard, when our world gets wonky? Well, on today's episode, we're going to be chatting with Abby Parker. Abby is the lead female singer in the band I Am They, whose music has blessed so many of you. But she gets it. She's been on the receiving end of that kind of encouragement, where she's been desperate for reminders of God's faithfulness. She's felt despondent, far from God, hopeless, aimless. And she is here to share some of her journey, what that looked like, but even more importantly, how she found the help she needed to get out of it, how she is still leaning into that support now, even when things are good. And so I am so excited for her to share her story with you. And I hope that it blesses you immensely today. So Abby, you are a member of a band whose title track, Faithful God, has become just an absolute anthem during COVID. And oh. it, it wasn't even a song you guys went into producing with COVID in mind, right? right. But God so often works that way. And so I guess what I really want to know is who Abby is. What's your story? How did you get to this point? And how has God shown himself to be faithful in your journey? Wow. Um, I love that question. And I, I feel like I'm talking about it almost every day because my life has been transformed vastly just in the last few years. Uh, I got married young and I was married for about five years and wasn't doing music, anything really related to music um, during that time. And that marriage fell apart. It ended. Um, and I, I wound up moving back in with my parents and living in my childhood bedroom and wondering if this dream of being married and, and also the dream of doing music were just dead in the water. Like, had I gone so far off course of my life at some point that all the things that I thought God wanted for me, um, were they just my own making or did I mess it all up in the process, you know? And there were, there were 
a few years there where I thought for sure, like those dreams are dead. And now I'm just sort of picking up the pieces of my life and figuring out um, how to make the best of the not ideal situation I had somehow gotten myself into. And um, about a year and a half after my divorce, I had moved to Nashville and got a random phone call that a Christian band was looking for a female singer. Um, and I went out and went on the road, did an audition on the road with the band and joined the band. That band was I Am They. And it really tied in um, those dreams that I had had from a very young age to do music ministry and finally able to do it vocationally. And a couple of years after that, I met someone and just meeting that person for the first time opened up my heart again to the idea of being married. So we got married a couple of years later and he was married previously and had two children from that marriage. So um, now suddenly I was a wife again and a bonus mom for the first time to a very sweet boy and girl. So um, I've seen faith. I've seen God's faithfulness play out in real time in my life, just re- restoring all those dreams and also holding me together through that day-to-day slog of wondering if, if all the best days of my life are behind me. And I've been in an incredible season the, the past several years of just seeing God um, be, be faithful to who God's says he is. And I don't want to say God being faithful to me, but just God being consistent in character. And that means that um, the God that I serve is faithful. It's something I marvel at every single day. And I never thought I would be this happy, this content, this settled, this fulfilled in my life. I think that is such a beautiful story. And let's, and let's take it back to right after that that marriage that you went into young that you thought, okay, here it is. Look at, I'm on, I'm on my way. This is what I'm supposed to do. You know, you, you grow up, you get married and it wasn't what you had expected it to be. Now you're talking about being back in your parents' house and, and looking at this, this life. Did I veer too far away from God's plan for me? Like, am I, am I off track? And I think it's so interesting how we have this picture in our minds of like this dot, like this is God's will for me. And unless I land right on this dot, I've done something wrong. And, and we kind of forget the fact that we serve a powerful God who can work in all of things. Mm-hmm. So in, in Abby's head, in that struggle, could you, would you be willing to share with us a little bit more, maybe some of those big hard questions that you were asking, what that looks like? Because we've all been there and I'm willing to bet that there are some people listening right now who are there wondering if they have missed God's best for them. I think that's an extremely relatable question. And it's one I've asked consistently throughout my life, sort of at every precipice, every big chasm where there was some either main major decision to be made or some, some devastating situation Um, in front of me. And I think that's something that is very natural for all of us to struggle with. But I found, honestly, I found more intimacy with God in showing up and, and questioning that exact thing, questioning, 
Um, do you ha- did you have a specific will for me? Was I off track? Like, was I not listening to you or was I listening too hard and was trying to um, read into things that weren't signs? You know what I mean? It's just kind of all that of just laying yourself bare before God and saying, look, God, I've done everything. I've been running all over the place trying to figure this out and I'm tired and I'm exhausted. And if I'm going to make it through one more single day, it is only by your grace. And there were a lot of days when that was literally the, the first prayer I said in the morning. And the last thing I said at night was just, God, if you've got one more day in it for me, you're going to have to be the one that carries me through it. So I don't know that I ever found a specific answer to the question of, um, did you have you know, a plan that I strayed from? But I, I do know that God knows all of our days. And I've had the blessing of being able to look backward in my story and seeing where God was throughout those. And I no longer stress myself out with looking, trying to look forward into my future and saying, God, show me what it is you have for me. Because I know that through whatever life situations happen, that's that's God's will. And whether it was directly related to something I did or whether it was some random phone call that changed my life, I know that God knew exactly what was happening. And God's desire is for intimacy with me in going through those things. It's not for me to... Um, try and read the tea leaves or the stars and discern some specific course um, of every decision that I make in my life. It's more just being faithful, hanging on for my dear life, and then being able to look backwards and see exactly how God was hanging on to me the entire time. Mm. But that is so hard, Abby. Isn't it? Oh, the verse in scripture that I've always struggled with the most is be still and know that I am God. Because I feel like even in that, there is this command that we are given, be still, like be, that's like, for me, that's like an action, like go do this thing, go do stillness. And I'm like, I don't even know what that looks like, because for me, I, I'm always trying to to figure out how I can help God help me, right? Like, okay, exactly. so God, what do you want me to do right now? Yeah. And it, it talks in scripture how, you know, you have only to be silent and God's going to fight for you. And I love that you were able to look back and see how God always was there. And his will for you was just to abide in him and how he opened the doors that he meant for you to go through. And I think it's really important to remember that, you know, we look at Christian leaders like you and we look at people who put out music that inspires us. And it's easy to forget that they needed those songs too. They needed those reminders that often their ministry has come out of their own struggle. And so I I really appreciate your honesty. And the fact is God did take those dreams that you had to be a singer and to be a wife and, and he brought those to fruition. But the way that that happened for you has had to have come with its own struggles. Like you said, you went from really not having that to having all of it. You have a husband, you have kids, you have a house, you have a dog from what I understand. It's like you have that American dream in many ways, but there was no ramp up to it like a lot of us have. So what challenges did that bring? Honestly, I think once you've bottomed out in life, you know, there's sort of nowhere to go but up. And so with every new opportunity that came my life after I felt like I'd messed it all up, I kind of just grabbed on and I said, I don't, you know, the map is gone. 
I'm just holding on at this point and seeing what happens. And now I'm, I'm so grateful every single moment for what I have, for what my life is, because I've been without it. I thought I had it. It was all completely yanked out from underneath my feet. And in my lowest moments, I didn't think that I even had those dreams anymore for my life. But it, you know, it was a little bit scary when I realized, okay, I'm I'm just jumping in with with whatever the next opportunity is. So with the band, I had never been in a band. I didn't know any of these people. I had a desk job. I suddenly had was switching to a job which frankly my parents still had to send me money in order to help me pay rent for the first few years of being in the band. Um, and then when I met my husband, it all happened very quickly. It was like that when you know, you know feeling, which I didn't think existed. I thought I'm a little bit of a cynic, so I thought that was kind of bull. Um, but when I, when I met him and realized very quickly that this was serious, it made me so grateful for what I'd been through because I'd been through a divorce. My husband had also been through a divorce. Um, I, I had felt like all my best days were behind me. He had felt the same thing. And so every single day we talk about how happy we are, how appreciative we are, how blessed we are, because we know what it's like to not have those things, those things that, you know, are easy to take for granted. So I know he and I are both extremely grateful for the path that our lives have taken, even though they included our darkest days, it makes everything that we have now just shine brighter. And also we know that we each have the internal fortitude to get through more difficult times ahead. Um, in the time that we've been married, even we've had a lot of different obstacles that life has thrown our way. While they're difficult in the day to day, there's nothing overarching that feels overwhelming because we know that we've done it. We know that God has carried us through more difficult times than this. So we know that whatever comes at us, we're going to get through it. Maybe not gracefully, but we will be resilient and we will be together on the other side of it. And that that companionship is so valuable. That partnership, I, I'm sure, has served you very well in this last year. So pretty <laughs> much just shortly after you got married, COVID hit. Life yes. turned upside down. As a musician, I'm sure that affected you a lot. It did. My entire uh, career was sort of upended. Um, normally, I'm gone a lot. And uh, when we're touring, we're maybe only home one or two days a week. So I went from being gone, but making money to pay the bills. We'd also just bought a, a new house um, to being home all the time, not bringing in any money and not knowing what to do about it. But um, that's one of the situations where I feel like in adversity is, is this opportunity to either get creative or get depressed. <laughs> and when you're at that crossroads, you have to decide which side you're going to go with. And so I got creative. I, I figured out a way to still do music. I, I started helping other people write and record their own music. And, and suddenly it went from, you know, a first year of marriage where I thought I was almost never going to see my husband to being able to be with him every single day. He's a musician as well. So we were both just home all the time, um, which is a huge blessing. When we, when we got married, we got married on a Wednesday afternoon because I was on tour all the time. 
Wednesday afternoons is when we have our kids, if not on the weekends. And um, we literally picked the kids up from school, went to a park, got married, dropped the kids back off at their mom's house that night. And I started on tour again the next morning. So it was just this kind of situation where we knew we wanted to be married. It had been years. We did it. And I was expecting sort of the next you know, few years to be that same pattern. We see each other a couple of days a week and then we don't. But COVID threw a wrench in all that and has honestly given us this sort of honeymoon period where we've gotten to be around each other all the time. Um, and we've also gotten to learn a lot about each other in that time. <laughs> you know, that. I've learned I've learned that his energy ramps up past 10 o'clock and mine crashes. So just when he's getting all his creative ideas for the day, mine are going down. So it's navigating all of those fun uh, personality differences. <laughs> it's, Oh, well, it's good to navigate those kind of differences in the honeymoon phase, because I feel like (laughs) if you pass the honeymoon phase and you're not all goopy anymore, and now Mm -hmm. like those differences come, they're a lot harder to deal with. Right. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I know it. Oh, so, okay. So I'm just fascinated by you stepping in to this, like you call it, this bonus mom role. I want to talk about that because you stepped in as a, as a mom, without having that infant, then childhood, adolescent phase, you jumped into teenagers and teenagers that are not biologically yours. So, I mean, there's just so many layers of, well, honestly, difficulty to that. How has that transition been? It's been honestly, um, so sweet because I think that while I missed out on a lot of the sweet parts of babies, I also missed out on temper tantrums and changing diapers and a lot of the uh, difficulty of balancing. Do I, do I stay working or do I take time off in order to raise these kids? Like I'm, I have the luxury of just being able to, you know, enjoy them. Um, but you're right. There are challenges. They're 12 and 13 years old, um, a girl and boy. And I've been doing a lot of reading, <laughs> a lot of reading. Um, sure. on, and my friends have bought me books even. And just trying to figure out um, how do I navigate this? What's my role? And I question mm-hmm. it daily. I talk to my therapist about it. I talk to my parents about it. You know what I mean? Just trying to figure out because this is something that um, that was brand new that, that I think anyone who steps into a role where they become, um, a mother figure and they weren't there for the entire life of that child is left trying to figure out what's my identity. What do I mean to this person? And honestly, the, the path for me that sort of the guiding post has been what is best for these two sweet little people whose lives I get to be a part of. Is it me trying to get involved in every decision? Is it me wanting them to love me? Is it me wanting to be the favorite step parent? Is it um, wanting to feel some sort of bond as though we've known each other our whole lives? Is it wanting to be that friend type character? You know what I mean? But every time I, I question that, I sense my own ego getting involved in the situation. And I take a step back and think, what is best for these kids. And that honestly has helped me navigate a lot of um, difficult moments, difficult situations that arise, not only in them being 
potentially moody adolescence, but also in the complex relationships of them having essentially four parents now. Oh my goodness. Cause like you said, you skipped diapers, but come on, girl, you did not skip temper tantrums. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right. You're right about that. But they're honestly, they're such sweet, good children. And it's something that, um, I know my husband, when he was in, you know, in therapy after his divorce, trying to figure out, are the kids okay? Are these children going to be all right? And his therapist said, what is the evidence that you have in front of you? Is there any evidence pointing to these kids are not doing well? They're not healthy. They're not happy. No, there's no evidence to that at all. Everything speaks to the fact that they are loved, supported, happy, healthy children. And so that has helped a lot in um, my journey in being a stepmom. But we are we are reaching those years that I know are going to throw some new challenges. And that's that's why I think it's so uh, I'm so grateful that our marriage is rock solid and that we've already been through some difficult things because now we've got teenagers in the house. Oh, Abby, it encourages me so much to hear your heart and what you say your husband's heart is. And like, are these kids going to be okay? What is best for them? It just it speaks to the health that you guys have as parents and the care and the love that you guys have. So one thing that I heard that I'd love to talk to you more about is you mentioned for both your husband and yourself that the part of your journey was therapy mm-hmm. that you guys have. Now, is this a had or is this a have? Do you have therapists that you meet with now? Did, was this a past tense thing? Ongoing, ongoing. Right now, um, he it, right now we're both at like a check-in point with our therapists of like if there's anything Um, that comes up. But we both have gone through a lot of therapy separately. We've gone through therapy together. Um, Our kids are in, they go to a weekly therapist as well, um, family counseling, and have ever since um, their parents got divorced. So it's all kind of this ongoing journey. Yeah. Well, I, I love that because I know that, especially in the church, there are, for whatever reasons that I honestly, I do not understand. So if somebody listening has some insight to this and you have very strong opinions, I am, I guess, willing to hear them. Um, but there is like this tension among mm-hmm. some people with therapy and how, you know, it doesn't have a place in the church and you should just pray it out. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the, these aren't real problems. You just need to bring them to Jesus. And, and that's one of my favorite shirts I ever saw. A friend of mine was wearing, it says, you can have Jesus and a therapist. Ooh. <laughs> and maybe one provided the other to you Ooh. to help you in your journey. You know, yeah. I I met, um, there's an incredible service here in Nashville, which is um, a therapy group for musicians, and it's offered free. It's called Porter's Call, and they're um, completely uh, donation funded. And they are some of the best people, and they are, Individually, they're Christians, but they turn away nobody. You don't have to subscribe to their same faith to go and get help. And it's been that was that was the first therapist I had here in Nashville. It's someone from Porter's Call, and just being able to um, see that God has equipped some people with a very special set of skills that that they've also trained to hone, and they've spent a lot of hours. Uh, helping people. And that was something that um, opened my eyes because I had gone to Christian, quote unquote, therapists before. 
and felt like I was getting some of those cookie cutter answers like, oh, well, you know, just spend more time in the word or spend more time praying or go get involved in a girl's group. And I'm like, okay, but what about my brain? Like, can we yeah. talk about <laughs> like why I think the way I do? What are my patterns of behavior? What's my reactivity? What's my personal history that contributes to why I approach the world the way I do? You know what I mean? Like God created each of us so uniquely and individually that of course we're going to have things that we need to talk to somebody else about. And I, I don't know why it is that the church has been afraid of that, but I know that for myself, for everyone um, in my band as well, we've been to group therapy. We are all have gone to individual therapy. Like it's something that we've just seen bear fruit in our relationships, in our lives. And I owe so, so much of my life to the hours I've spent um, talking through my past and my decision-making and um, it has made me, in a huge way, the confident person that I am today. And I don't think that a therapist is taking anything away from God in that interaction with me. I feel like it's more a blessing. It's something that if God wants to deliver someone to my life to help me get grounded, to help me meditate, to bring me back to a good baseline, like I am absolutely going to receive that gift with both hands and as often as I, as I need to, and as often as I can. And I think it's so important to have that person to talk to who is safe and who is trained. Cause I have to tell you, like, I don't, <laughs> yep. I don't, um, I don't talk about it a ton because it hasn't been a huge part of my life in the last, I guess, decade or goodness, dozen years now of knowing the Lord. I, but I struggled with depression when I was younger and I'd never gotten it diagnosed. I'd never actually met with anybody um, because I always felt like I know what they're going to say. I already know it all. I already know these are my behaviors. This is what I do. These are my triggers. And so I never got it addressed. But just a couple of weeks ago, it really flared up in me in a way that it hadn't in a long time. And maybe it's postpartum hormones. Maybe it's COVID life. I don't know what it was, but I realized I'm like, no. I need, I need to talk to someone. Mm -hmm. And the Lord has blessed me with an amazing husband mm -hmm. who just doesn't get it, who does not <laughs> always say the right things. Like, uh, Abby, I love him. But the other day I was trying to explain to him, I'm like, yeah, I just feel the sadness and I'm not sure why it's just heavy. And mm -hmm. I just, I just want to be alone, but I want to be with my family. And so I feel guilty about mm -hmm. wanting to be alone and the house is a mess and that's stressing me out. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just adding to everything else. But, and he looks at me. God bless him. <laughs> He's going to hate that I'm saying this publicly. He looks at me and he goes, I just don't get it. I mean, yeah, the house is overwhelming, but I'm not crying about it. <laughs> oh, boy. And he didn't mean it in any insensitive way. Yep. I just looked at him. I'm like, wrong answer. <laughs> and he felt terrible. And he, he didn't mean to say it like that, but he, he genuinely doesn't understand. Yep. And I feel like when we don't have that professional outlet, that mm -hmm. God-given professional outlet, we sometimes put a lot of pressure on the people in our lives yes. to whom that pressure doesn't belong. You yes. know, God did not give me my husband to be my therapist. Right. You know, he, God, I can take these problems and these questions to, but having someone there that can help me just 
very tangibly work out solutions and brainstorm ideas that is so valuable. Well, thank you so much for for going there with me on the whole therapy question because I feel like that you. is just this this tension that I see that I I don't fully understand. You know, I don't I, understand I, it either. <laughs> yeah, it's it's mysterious to me. You'd think it'd be a great thing. So so thank you for that. Now I, I just do want to go back when it comes to you know, whether it's it's the parenting the teenagers that aren't biologically yours or the upheaval with COVID or, or or whatever, you know, mental struggles we just have as people. When it comes to you and your husband having had tumultuous backgrounds and coming together, what are some tools that you engage with as a couple that have helped you get through some of these things? Mm-hmm. Um, constant communication and keeping short receipts. So I am thankfully married to someone who talks a lot all the time about everything. He is an outward processor. And if there's a thought that comes into his head, it comes out and is discussed. I am the opposite. I am an introvert. I'm a thinker and I keep everything internalized until I've figured out exactly how I feel or think about it. And maybe only then will I venture out with an opinion. Um, he's not that way. So, and thank God, because I need someone to get me talking. Um, because I know, and having been married before, I've seen this happen to where if, if I don't say something and the other person doesn't say something, we're both lost in our heads. We're both lost in these, in our own little worlds and making assumptions about what the other one might, must think or feel. And that leads itself again to keeping short receipts. And that is if there's something that caught us the wrong way or felt weird and interaction, we don't hold on to that for days. We talk about it as at the first, you know, available opportunity. So sure, that leads to some stressful car rides home from, you know, the other parent's house or um, a friend's house or our parents' houses of just saying, I just have to tell you, like, something caught me weird about how you said that. And ultimately our goal, we know because we love each other, is constantly to understand each other and to be understood by each other. And I think that has served us so well in getting through parenting and getting through COVID and getting through um, everything else. (laughs) We've just moved his parents into um, an assisted living facility and are fixing up their house and trying to sell it. And there's been a lot going on, but it's honestly just that ability to keep in constant communication with each other give each other the benefit of the doubt and remember that um, at the end of the day, we want what's best for each other. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Does that sound cheesy? (laughs) No, it sounds so good. So, okay. So what would you say, Abby, then to someone listening who's like, well, I'm really happy that it all worked out for her and she now has like the perfect life. But for me, for me, it's just never going to happen. For Mm. me, the best is behind me. For me, I, I don't even know if I want love because love sucks. You know, I mean, like, what yep. would you say to that person who who doesn't have that hope for the future? I've been there. I would say that I've been there. And you're not alone. You're not the only one. And um, but you also can't you can't dwell in what that situation is and expect it to change. So reach out, reach out to someone, reach out to a friend, reach out to um, a therapist, reach out to a pastor, reach out and, and keep yourself connected to people. Because when you go inward, it can be very easy to, um, 
start to get bitter and start to tell yourself stories about your life and your past mistakes and your miserable future that are not true. And you need other people around you to be able to, to build into you, to see you for who you are and to reaffirm to you that you are worthy, you are valuable, that you have not lost your value in God's eyes. That That's so important. You, you, you can't isolate which is very tempting to do when you feel like things aren't going correctly, especially if you feel like they are so bad because of your own choices. Um, but I would just encourage everybody to, to reach out. There's always somebody who's been through what you're going through right now. And, and be vocal about what you're going through because that might give someone else the courage to speak out about their life experiences, about their heart, about their current trauma we all need each other. We were created for unity. We were created for community. And we're, we're more dependent upon each other than I, think, um, than I think we know. We're meant to lift each other up. And that's exactly what someone can do for you. And you might be just the person that someone else is waiting for to help them out with what they're going through right now. Oh, my heart, Abby. <laughs> that is, <laughs> you just, oh, that's exactly my heart for this podcast. Thank you so much for sharing it so beautifully. And I just, I pray that your story and others and, and my story, I just pray that it forges community and understanding and helps people understand that they're not alone because it's so easy to forget that truth. And I think Satan loves it when we fall into that illusion of isolation. And the fact is we are all sitting here asking, no, seriously, how do I do this? So... <laughs> Thank you, Abby, for making the time today to be here. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your transparency, honesty, and vulnerability as well. Yes. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about it. Like I said, when we start to, to talk about these things, we, we take away their power of being in the dark. And when we bring them out into the light, that's when we can start relating to each other. So I hope anyone um, listening has, has found something at all that they can relate to and hopefully found something new that they might, that they might try. Wherever you're at on your journey right now, if you are struggling or if you are just succeeding in everything you try, life comes with seasons. But no matter what season you find yourself in, it is worth it to reach out. Stay connected. Reach out to friends in the church, outside of the church, family. And you know what? Maybe you need to reach out to a therapist. I stand with Abby, and I don't think there's any shame in that, personally. And if you are of a different opinion, I'd be very interested to hear the other side of the controversy. But God has trained men and women to come alongside us as professionals to help us sort through some of the mess in our minds, right? And so that is a gift, and maybe that's a gift you need today. There's no shame in that. Hear me, there is no shame in it. And so wherever you find yourself, I just want you to know that you are not alone. And if you feel alone, hey, you don't have to feel alone. There is a network of people right here through No Seriously, How Do I Do This? We'd love to connect with you. You can go to our Facebook page. Just search for No Seriously, How Do I Do This at Facebook. Or you can go to our website, seriouslyhow.com. Connect to some resources and connect with me. Send me an email, summer at seriouslyhow.com. Let's talk. Let's journey together because we need each other. And in this time, in our history, it is easy to feel isolated. But as always, we are here to remind you that you are loved and you're not alone. 